This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am Clark Rockfall, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. And I am Swabhananda Kumar, your other host, ACB's Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. And we are joined by some special guests to help close out 2021 as we take a look back at all of the highlights, many of which uh, were spoken about here on the Advocacy Update podcast, and I know many of our listeners and our members were a part of this this great journey through 2021, Swatha. Yeah, today we have um, our president, Dan Spoon, and our executive director, Eric Bridges. Hello. Hi, Swatha. Hi, Clark. How are you? Doing well, and Dan, how are you? Great, Clark and Swatha. It's, It's wonderful to hear your voices, and what an exciting year for ACB. It certainly has been, Dan, and I think we might as well jump right in. But first, thank you to everyone who is listening via your favorite podcast player. Please be sure to recommend the advocacy update to a friend, write a review, share the podcast, um, whether you listen, download, you know, we, we appreciate it all, as well as to everyone out there on the ACB Media Network. And I, I wanted to start somewhere else, but Eric, why don't we just start there? There's an ACB Media Network now. There is an ACB Media Network. And it's something that had been talked about for really the better part of the last year. ACB Radio and acbradio.org had been the our flagship uh, radio live stream uh, website for the organization. I believe it was... Gosh, the site was built in, I want to say, 1999 or 2000, long time ago. Uh, ACB was at the forefront, really, of pioneering live streaming content and live internet shows, which is really cool. As we have evolved over the last few years, it's become necessary for us to take a look at all of that content to go along with, you know, other aspects of, of what we do to, in terms of outreach. And so just before the convention this year, we unveiled the ACB Media Network and acbmedia.org, which is where you can go and listen uh, to the, the live streams that we have, ACB Media One, which is where uh, the Advocacy Update podcast is rerun throughout the week. ACB Media 5, which is the community stream. ACB Media 4, which for this time of year is one of my favorite channels because it's pretty much all Christmas music all the time or holiday music all the time, as well as other uh, channels up to, gosh, we have up to 10 at our peak time, which is right around the, the convention. So a ton of content um, has been able to be delivered through the streams, uh, either through acbmedia.org or the ACB Link app, which uh, is working great and encourage folks to, to download that where they can listen to the streams uh, on their iPhone or, or Android. And talk about the just the transformation, the digital transformation for 
the structure of the organization. But Dan, this is ACB's 60th anniversary that was celebrated here in 2021. Uh, could you imagine when when you joined ACB, not that it was 60 years ago, but <laughs> during your time as a, a member and a leader in the organization, could you imagine all of the transformations that have taken place within the organization just in this year alone? It, it's, uh, it truly is amazing. I mean, since July 7th, uh, 1961, uh, I don't believe our founding fathers and, and mothers would have ever dreamed where ACB has uh, come over the past 60 years. And the influence that our organization is truly having uh, on the blind and low vision community, uh, as well as uh, wonderful partners that we have throughout corporate America and the disability movement it has just been uh, really wonderful to see the impact that the American Council of Blind has had. It, everything from, you know, just the spontaneous event that happened during our convention this year, uh, where a deaf-blind person was discriminated against uh, with the Paralympics and the ability to bring uh, a, a personal assistant to those uh, to that event. And how ACB stepped in, uh, advocated on the spot during our convention and ended up with a meeting, uh, you know, with the Olympic and Paralympic Committee, U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee with ACB and our executive director and our advocacy director, i.e. Clark and Eric, to really talk about, uh, you know, what took place there and, and chart a course for the future. So, uh it, we're nimble. We have the ability to communicate, to reach out to our partners and truly make a difference. And Dan, all of this during a, a global and national pandemic, uh, we held our second virtual conference and convention this year, as well as our first virtual DC leadership conference uh, certainly a highlight for me and I know many of our members was the fireside chat that you hosted with the leaders from other uh, blindness organizations. It really was, it was really nice to to hear and see everybody kind of come together and, and talk about the issues of the day, as well as give uh, our members and the, and the wider audience an opportunity to really meet and get to know these leaders. And so uh, it, it really it really was, uh, I think, a, a really nice evening and part of an overall DC leadership conference that I think really showcased the work that ACB is doing at this point in time with advocacy. Uh, when it was just a wonderful uh, amount of content that was generated, we had three concurrent sessions going uh, with uh, virtual streams, and it was uh, really some some wonderful participation. What, what did you think, Clark and, and Swatha? I really felt like uh, we had some really exceptionally good panels in, during the legislative seminar and provided lots of wonderful content to our members. Well, Swatha, that was really your introduction to ACB. Yeah, that was. Um, what did you think of the leadership conference this past year? I really enjoyed it. I really thought it was informative. And for someone who is kind of new to this whole field of advocacy and blindness issues, um, I thought it was really great to hear about um, all the issues and to hear how we're advocating, how we're making a difference in the world. So. And Eric Swatha was one of several new team members 
that joined the ACB staff here in 2021. Absolutely. And Swatha, you attended before you, you were even technically employed. By <laughs> ACB. That, that seems started... to be a reoccurring theme for us. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, folks are so excited. They, they join even before they're being compensated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, March 1st, we welcomed Swatha. Um, and been great to have her and and Swatha you moved out here in August correct I did yes I was, I was remote I started I started at remote and moved to, then moved to Virginia in August and I've been here since so. yeah it, it's been great to to actually have you out here to be able to get to know you um you know a lot better the the remote thing can be challenging at times and um you know it's we've figured out a way to do it effectively though. And I'm really proud of that because some of the other folks that we've brought on are remote. So uh, in, in March, we brought Swatha on, as I said, to, to work with Clark on advocacy and, and governmental affairs issues. Along with her, we also welcomed Jolyn Bailey Page, who's our audio description project coordinator and uh, grant writer. Jolyn is an individual who's no stranger to ACB. She's worked with us for many years, uh, for the last probably five or six years as a, as a contractor, uh, working in uh, development, uh, doing some grant writing. And now she's part of the team in uh, development and communications, working with Tony Stevens and his team. And it's been wonderful to have her on board. In April, we welcomed Colby Garrison, uh, who is working with Cindy Hollis in this on this little thing called membership and this other wild and awesome segment of of ACB, which is the ACB uh, virtual community that has uh, really exploded since March of 2020, and it's been wonderful to have. Colby and her energy and, and positivity and uh, she's got plenty of that. Yeah. Yeah. All you have to do is say hi and it's like, she'll respond. And it's like, wow, she's, she's full of, of, a ray of sunshine. Yes. She is a ray of sunshine. It's been great to have her be part of the team. And uh, you know, Cindy was sort of building the plane as it was flying and there was a need for some additional hands and then, obviously an additional good brain to, to work with her to uh, further build out uh, the, the, the community. So, and that, that aspect has continued to grow and we'll get into that a little bit later. In May, we welcomed Jennifer Flatt, who's our manager of communications. This is a position that ACB's not really had uh, professionalized in its history. And, Jennifer has brought a wealth of knowledge, uh, close to 20 years of expertise in, in communications and marketing with different organizations. Um, she jumped right in and uh, worked with us to get some stuff done with ad campaigns and preparing for the convention, and, uh, all the stuff that you witnessed this year with the Audio Description Awards Gala, which we'll get into as well later and has done a, just a phenomenal job of, of helping to have us communicate all the good work of our organization more effectively. And uh, she's part of the 
Department of Development and, and Communications with Tony Stevens. Uh, and then in June, we welcomed uh, uh, administrative assistant for our organization here in Alexandria, Debbie Brown, and she uh, has since elected to leave, but uh, we're going to be uh, announcing the hiring of an individual uh, probably the first week in January. So a lot has gone on, uh, a lot of very positive stuff with regard to us uh, growing, uh, growing the organization. We need individuals that, that follow our core values, honesty and integrity, respect, collaboration, initiative and flexibility. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot about flexibility. How, <laughs> oh my goodness. That would have been, that would have been awful. Um, but yeah, it, it's been, it's been a great year. It's been good to bring all these folks on and you look at the volume of, of the real productivity of the organization, us working alongside our, our members to get more done. And it's been truly remarkable. And Eric, part of the reason we've had to bring on these new positions is because uh, ACB is growing, our influence is growing, but our membership and our engagement with our members uh, are growing as well. And you talked about a big aspect of that being the, the ACB community and what Cindy Hollis has worked to build. What were some of the milestones for the, the ACB community um, and for, I guess, a, let's give a little bit of background on, Eric, what is the ACB community? It's this wonderful thing that organically started the week of uh, March 16, 2020, uh, which is unfortunately the week where the whole, well, the entire United States mm-hmm. essentially shut down and everybody had to stay home for a while. And mm-hmm. so we figured out uh, a way to, uh, through through Cindy's creativity and, you know, collaboration, we figured out a way to reach out to our members. Uh, While we couldn't be together physically for affiliate uh, meetings or chapter meetings, or even, uh, you know, our our convention had to be virtual, we figured out how to engage. And a lot of it had to do with various topics, subject matter that we thought folks would find interesting. So it, it uh, you know, 2020 was the year of the census. One of the first community events I can recall was uh, you, Clark, hosting a, <laughs> a community event with a rather dry individual from the Census Bureau. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was like 55 people on the call. Yeah. Um, you know, we did an event with Comcast to go through all of the different ways that that Comcast customers could access uh, their services, uh, you know, through internet, through cable, all of that. Um, but then it, it sprouted out into all these other wonderful areas that really looked at at a lot of peer support type subject matter. Mm-hmm. So uh, widows and widowers. Uh, uh, folks that had recently gotten divorced, individuals battling different addiction. All these groups uh, sort of popped up uh, very organically. All of them are still alive and well today and meeting on a regular basis, but there was health and wellness and exercise and fitness. Uh, Dan's wife, Leslie, 
does multiples of these uh, exercise and fitness uh, events a week, right, Dan? Yeah, I think she's got a class every day, Monday through Friday, whether it be yoga or resistance or my favorite, uh, you know, happy hour cardio on Friday. Do you go for the happy hour or do you go for the cardio? Yeah, those 12 ounce curls, Dan. Like, what <laughs> yeah, most certainly. Yes, yes. I'm cheering her on. That's right. <laughs> you, you have happy hour while she cardios. Gotcha. Exactly. It's, it's quite All a team right. effort. That's right. And, and Dan, I mean, what does it say about uh, the, the people who are involved in the community that, you know, in, in some parts of the, the nation and in between COVID waves and surges, uh, you know, businesses and, other public places are opening back up and yet the community is still thriving and going strong. What do you think that, what does that say about the community or about the, you know, the, the greater world and impact that it's having? Yeah. And I think two areas that really hit me with the community is first, I think ACB members were, we were already pretty good at, at meeting virtually. We did it through free conference calls but we, we were kind of used to calling people and, and setting up meetings and talking to people without being there in person because we only have a few times a year that we meet in person. But I think our membership really embraced Zoom early on in the process. And because of that, I think in many cases, members as members of our families and our circle of friends are our members became the experts in Zoom and how to conduct meetings in Zoom and how to administer the meetings. And, and so it, it's been really interesting to see how that has continued to develop, where even for our DC Leadership Conference here this last year, we were able to really engage our affiliates uh, with lots of meetings with their uh, you know, representative offices in Congress and do those through Zoom and really involve a lot of members and really have good, well-planned out, very effective Zoom meetings. So I think we learned a lot from that. And then I think what we also learned is there was a real need out there in our community for people to engage with each other, even before the pandemic came along. But I think the pandemic really highlighted it for for all of us and and definitely for our leaders inside of ACB. And so I I don't believe, as we've learned, it's going to end. I mean, we are providing a very valuable platform uh, that covers many different topics and, and is really making a difference in people's lives. And I'm seeing that now replicated uh, with other uh, organizations serving the blind. So I think, again, we were the trailblazers there. We held the first uh, convention uh, of any significance for our community virtually. Uh, We backed that up with a wonderful D.C. leadership conference last year and then a second uh, annual convention in 2021. And it's just been remarkable to see how many more people we've been able to engage our our numbers for our, our conventions and our leadership conferences have basically doubled uh, during the pandemic. So where we thought here we were maybe going to have to go without, we've now found that we're reaching twice as many people as we did before. Yeah. And I've got some data, Dan, to share mm-hmm. regarding the community events. So in 
I, I believe it was August of this year, we hit our 5,000th community event. Um, here at the end of the year, the, the total, the running total right now is 6,300 community events since that, uh, that week in March of 2020, which is pretty remarkable. We're averaging, averaging 88 community events a week. So this tells me that it, you know, as we were saying before, it's not slowing down. There, there is still quite a demand out there. There are over 2,000 individuals that subscribe to the daily community schedule email uh, that has the listing of the days and, and weeks uh, community events. And for those that may not be subscribed, please just send an email to community at acb.org. And we can get you, we'll get you on the list and you'll start getting them every day. Uh, it's only one email, uh, usually in the morning. So it's not, it's not going to clutter your inbox and it, you know, invites you to, invites you to participate. So it's, it's really good stuff. Uh, it's, you know, strong here around the holidays. Um, a lot of folks are going to go be with uh, loved ones, but there are still a lot of folks that aren't going to be with family and we're, you know, setting up programming uh, for that because there is a, there's a demand and we're listening to the demand. And we're really, the other thing it's involved so many people that I think are, have developed skills they didn't even know they had. We've got, I think 140, 150 people who are qualified Zoom host? Yes, we went Pretty from much. six to 150. <laughs> isn't isn't and, that a, absolutely amazing? Yeah. 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 And, and about the same number being facilitators for these calls. Yep. And mm-hmm. so it's blind people helping blind people. How good is that? And not only are these Zoom community events, but they are also either streamed live on the ACB Media Network or archived as podcasts through ACB Media so that folks can enjoy them at their leisure. Um, But they've also been streamed over to Clubhouse, an audio-based social media platform where the the ACB Club has grown to over a thousand followers this year. Um, So it's it's exciting. I think Eric and Dan, you both touched on it. This is a, a need that has existed for our community for people who are blind or visually impaired, who have felt socially distant or socially isolated, even before COVID made those phrases uh, in the common lexicon. Um, And it's a need that will exist after the pandemic when folks with age-related vision loss or students with disability and vision loss are trying to find their way and find peer support groups, have access to the ACB community. Um, folks with you know, like situation, shared interests, shared uh, core values. So it's it's really exciting. And I, I'm glad that you both highlighted our advocacy-related community events. Why would we want to do that? Because <laughs> we're professionals and it's called a segue. <laughs> uh, but that was something we did last year before the DC Leadership Conference was hold community events highlighting our legislative imperatives. And Swatha, mm. could you quickly run through um, our legislative imperatives here in 2021? Yeah, yeah, this year we had the Data the Disability Access Distribution Act, or DATA. Um, so this one we created, uh, or we create a pilot freshness program 
for um, one-stop trips and parent transit and help fix um, the complaint process for, for transit complaints. Um, we also had the Medicare demonstration of low vision devices Co coverage act in right? Close okay. enough. Yeah, it's a very long <laughs> title. Medicare demonstration of coverage for low vision devices act. Okay, I have one, one word. Okay. This rolls yeah. right off your tongue there. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, so I want to require Medicare or um coverage of devices that people low vision blindness use. Um and the last one was exercise and fitness for all act. This one would would um kind of the social depletion and the um, implementation of accessible equipment. So this equipment for um, treadmills and electricals and bikes. So for blind visually impaired, um, yeah, people to use. So. And to, to quickly run through our progress on these three legislative imperatives, as we all know, uh, accessibility is a journey, not a destination. Same can be said about advocacy. So we were very excited when the Disability Access to Transportation Act was included in the House version of the Infrastructure and Jobs Act. Unfortunately, it was not included in the Senate version or the final package. Um, so the so data or Disability Access to Transportation Act is still something that we'll be working with the cross-disability community, uh, as well as our affiliates and members to support here in the second half of the 117th Congress. There were other uh, transportation-related provisions included in the Infrastructure and Jobs Act, and more to come next year about how we can ensure all of those funds going out to states and local departments of transportation can be used to enhance and improve uh, accessible transportation options and uh, environmental access. For low vision coverage, uh, we were working closely with uh, other blindness organizations and the Innovations Through Excellence in Medicare and Medicaid or ITEM Coalition to include not only a demonstration, but just broad Medicare vision coverage in the budget reconciliation package. Uh, although that provision was, was not successful, it was, you know, it was worth uh, either stepping up to the plate or stepping to the line and taking the shot. You know, after all, I think it was Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky who said that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So we took a shot for full vision coverage. Unfortunately, that was not successful. And uh, from the sounds of the U.S. Senate, it doesn't sound like the budget reconciliation package is going to get passed anytime soon right now. Um, anyhow, so we are working to introduce the, the demonstration coverage of Low Vision Devices Act, and we hope to have more news on that in the new year. And then Exercise and Fitness for All Act, this bill was introduced in the Senate by Senator Tammy Duckworth uh, from the, the great state of Illinois. Uh, some folks have heard me say that I'm contractually obligated to call it the great state of <laughs> Illinois. Through, yes. Well, I was going to say through marriage, my wife yeah. being from Chicago. <laughs> but yeah, we're writing that into Swatha's job description as well. So yes, the great state of Illinois. Um, but 
having accessible exercise and fitness equipment, this ties into another area of advocacy that ACB has been uh, working hard on and pushing forward in. Um, And that is just accessible health and wellness more generally, whether it's use of low vision devices, accessible prescription labeling. Um, And Eric, we've now kind of branded a new campaign around all of these initiatives here in 2021. And that's the ACB Get Up and Get Moving campaign. That's right. And it, it is a campaign that was really brought about by the pandemic. Um, frankly, we've known this for quite some time that you know our community uh, is not as healthy <laughs> as other communities. We don't get up and get moving, uh, which means that the propensity for folks being significantly overweight, uh, becoming diabetic, uh, and then folks losing their vision because of diabetic retinopathy, these are all very real things within our community. And the pandemic really kind of shined a light on it in a way that had never been shined before because we couldn't get up and go out. Um, and if we did, the whole business of social distancing, with, which blind people, frankly, don't do a very good job of because, <laughs> well, we can't see very well. So and some of us can't see at all. So the concept of how can we promote, you know, healthy habits, uh, movement, some level of consistent movement every day, how can we promote advocacy through this, because as you mentioned, there are a number of uh, devices and equipment that exist out in the world that deal with healthcare or exercise and fitness that simply are not accessible to us. So how do we, how do we begin to deal with that as an, you know, as an advocacy challenge that really directly pertains to our ability or inability at times to to be independent, to be physically active and really understand our own health, uh, our own health numbers, uh, be able to operate durable medical equipment independently, uh, you know, continuous glucose monitors, uh, blood pressure cuffs, things of that nature, being able to independently and accessibly and reliably go into a a patient portal, an online patient portal to review uh, stats from your last doctor visit to look at, you know, your numbers to, to see how you're doing. So all of this stuff, and then how can we, how can we advocate for this stuff through the various partnerships that we have um, to bring awareness to Uh, these sectors of our economy that have a lot of large companies that either produce this stuff or sell this stuff. And we were very pleased in October to, to welcome Walmart as a health hero uh, for the get up and get moving campaign and to have them uh, on the dotted line in time for white cane safety day on October 15th. It was very cool. And this is a, a three-year campaign that ACB is undertaking to uh, you know, support the advocacy efforts in the health and wellness space. Uh, 
but if you know as as with many other advocacy issues there are many ways to make progress right so we can work with congress on items like low vision device coverage and uh, passing legislation to require accessibility standards for accessible exercise and fitness equipment. Um, But we can also work with our partners, like Eric said, like a Walmart, or the announcement that ACB had this fall with CVS pharmacies, and the fact that they are, or have now, rolled out the Spoken Rx uh, accessible talking prescription label service to all of their locations. So anyone who receives their prescriptions or medication through CVS pharmacies can ask them um, to have this service available. I know I, I did it at my local CVS pharmacy located inside a Target, and the head pharmacist knew exactly what I was talking about and had it set up in less than 10 minutes. It was a, a great experience. I, I realized not, um, you know, it depends on where you go, the service you receive. Uh, But it showed me that this is something that training is being done on, and they are rolling this out nationwide. And just last week, Eric, we saw that uh, Hy-Vee is now offering the Script Talk solution at all of their locations as well. 275 locations. By the way, a proud Iowa-based company, (laughs) Mark. (laughs) Go get your made right at the Hy-Vee, right, Eric? Oh, my goodness, Clark. As well as uh, Planet Fitness, right, and the and the efforts there to provide accessible exercise equipment. So, yeah. So as we work with Congress on creating accessibility standards, and I know many of our members and ACB, we have reached out to the fitness equipment manufacturers as well. Um, but it, it's one thing to have. Leslie Spoon, the first lady of ACB, reach out to a company and say, I would like to purchase one accessible treadmill, please. Or for Clark Rockfall to to call a bike company and ask for one accessible bike. But when you have a a leader in the industry with more than 2,000 locations like Planet Fitness inform their suppliers that they are committed to purchasing and installing accessible equipment, that that moves the needle that gets some that gets the attention of some folks so we're excited that planet fitness was the first uh, and hopefully not the last but the first uh, facility provider to join acb and the broader coalition for inclusive fitness uh, to make that commitment and have that commitment to serve you know all of their patrons including those with disabilities by offering accessible equipment as the manufacturers make it available. So in this regard, um, other items related to health and wellness and the get up and get moving, and certainly an item of significance, as Eric mentioned, regarding durable medical equipment, one that we know is of extreme importance to importance to ACB members, as well as the members of ACB Diabetics in Action. Swatha, there's another piece of legislation that ACB is supporting this year and working to educate our members and help move forward. Yeah, it was the MDAA, or Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act. So what this would do is it would establish um, standards or um, standards for access for 
fast three and fast two FDA cleared microbiosis, right, Clark? Yeah. So whether you're talking about your continuous glucose monitors, insulin pumps, uh, certainly as you know, as a diabetic retinopathy is the leading cause of blindness for working age adults, but also as our population ages and could have other medical conditions, we need to have the tools and equipment available so that we can you know, maintain our independence or for some take back control of our health mm-hmm. so that we, we can get up and get moving. We can age and still be integrated as part of our local community and support network. So these are, these are the types of issues that we are focusing on in our Get Up and Get Moving campaign, the types of issues that we are uh, working with our members and affiliates to raise the profile of. And Dan, one of the things that stood out to me from the virtual leadership conference was it, one of our ACB board members, Doug Powell from here in Virginia, using the virtual uh, Hill meeting environment to share with his members of Congress, uh, you know, his treadmill and what he has to do to be able to use a treadmill. That's not something he could do when walking the halls of Capitol Hill, you know, <laughs> a little bit too big to, to That's a pretty strong guy, but I don't know if he could have hauled a, uh, a treadmill uh, behind him there from yeah, office yeah. to office, but exactly. I would have liked to have seen that. It's a good visual. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that it, and it just goes back to our core values of flexibility and initiative. You know, this is the uh, the state of the world here in 2021. How can we use it to our our advantage and highlight some things that would have been more difficult to explain or demonstrate had we been in person? So, you know, great initiative uh, and ingenuity on the parts of some of our members and affiliates. Yeah, most most certainly, and I, I I do think it's it, this is such an important issue, and the get up and get moving campaign is so vital for our organization and our membership. It's you know e- even personally, I'm dealing with this. You know, I I had to go through a, a heart monitor that was not accessible for me, that you know you know was part of my diagnostic process that that ended up with me getting a stent this year, and so. You know, it's that vital. It's a life and death type of thing. Um, And we really need to take that next step forward. There was no reason why my monitor could not have been completely accessible. It was a smartphone device that was doing the readout. We all, Clark, are you aware of any smart uh, phone devices that have the ability uh, for us to to know what's on the screen and be able to respond to it. I, I think they exist out there, but not oh for my medical God. equipment, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's really, you know, we used to hear that it just wasn't possible and the technology was too expensive, but we know that's not the case anymore. We know the technology exists to make the difference. It's really getting with these medical manufacturers to uh, equipment manufacturers to, to really do the right thing. And I think once we get to those engineering folks, they are going to want to do the right thing. It's really, uh, it's, it's just breaking down some of those initial barriers, but I really believe this is going to happen over the next four or five years. So and I, what's, I, we've got some other areas where we've had accessibility issues, right? Related to, to uh, you know, blood and lab, and lab tests and those type of things. That's right, Dan. So ACB is involved with advocacy with both 
uh, Quest Diagnostics and LabCorp relating to accessible kiosk services. Uh, This couldn't be ever more important um, than in the time of a pandemic where you have to go to into a medical facility or into a lab for medical testing, whether it's related to blood testing um, for ongoing or comorbid medical conditions or drug testing for employment. Um, We need to make sure that folks with visual impairments, folks who are blind, have the same level of access to all of the services offered, um, same as everyone else. And fortunately, the, the Department of Justice agrees with us in this regard, and we are very grateful that the Office of Civil Rights within DOJ filed a, a statement of interest supporting ACB's uh, claims in our ongoing litigation with Quest. And we we're also very grateful that the uh, the judge in, in the courts in California declined a motion for summary judgment from Quest saying that they were not subject to the ADA. Um, it's I always just have to pause and think about that. Like, mm-hmm. No, no, we don't have to make things accessible. That law doesn't apply to us. Um, so yeah. we're you know, very thankful that the courts said that that was incorrect. And next up for, for ongoing advocacy efforts in this regard will be uh, some trials in this area in the new year. So please uh, stay tuned. And if you are facing inaccessible health barriers, whether that's due to uh, technology, uh, telehealth, kiosk services, uh, durable medical equipment, please share it with us and let us know so we can continue our advocacy in this regard. Uh, Some other firsts for ACB here in 2021, we talked a lot about the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. Uh, a, a campaign that has been underway for quite some time has dealt with audio description and the work of the Audio Description Project. Uh, we got some exciting news that HBO Max is bringing audio described content to their service. So through collaboration with ACB, there's 1,500 hours of audio described content content coming to HBO Max uh, here in 2021 with, geez, what, 3,000 hours over the next year and 6,000 hours by, yeah, by Mm -hmm. 2023, 2024. So this sort of uh, innovation and excellence in audio description, increasing the quality, or excuse me, the quantity of audio description, but also ensuring a high level of quality to the audio described content that is out there is one of the reasons this year, Eric, that ACB hosted the inaugural Audio Description Awards Gala. Yes, as well as the accessibility, being able to access the audio described content, which has been a challenge uh, at different points in time for us down through the years. So yes, uh, we, we hosted our inaugural audio description awards gala on november 18th of this year and really it's been a concept for us for over a year kicking around how do we how do we bring awareness of audio description to an audience that 
is outside of our normal audience or outside of our our own bubble, right? Obviously, including Mm -hmm. our membership in the blind community, but really wanting to highlight its uh, its benefits, educate folks on what it is, why it matters. And this is a gala. We it was a fundraiser uh, for the organization to help support our mission and and the audio description project was which is part of ACB. So uh, a lot of folks uh, on the team, uh, Tony Stevens and Jennifer Flat, along with uh, Clark and and myself. And frankly, as it grew closer, pretty much everybody on the team, along with the leadership of the ACB uh, Audio Description Project Steering Committee, uh, people like Kim Charlson and and Carl Richardson, as well as uh, Dan Spoon, a ton of work went into creating this. And really what we wanted to do was to to have it be, uh, you know, a high quality uh, produced event where individuals within the entertainment community would say, wow, you know, that's what this is. You know, so how did we do this? We, we worked with our partners within the entertainment industry. So companies like, like Comcast, frankly, um, to be able to, to locate, um, you know, celebrities. Uh, the event wound up streaming not just on our website, but also on the Peacock platform, which is, uh, you know, Comcast NBC's uh, streaming platform, which was pretty unbelievable. We had, we were very fortunate to, to have, uh, you know, colleagues that work in Hollywood reach out to uh, other colleagues and, and actor friends of theirs, like Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa did a, a segment on our, on our uh, gala, as well as Zachary Levi, who is starring in American Underdog, which uh, is in theater starting Christmas Day, which tells the story of Kurt Warner, the Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. Uh, he and his wife have a, a child who is totally blind and has some other disabilities. Uh, through a lot of really effective outreach, um, we were able to, number one, secure the, the movie um, and that it would be audio described. So we successfully advocated for that, which is pretty <laughs> neat. And actually, it was, our, it was our colleague, Jennifer Flat, who's been with us for seven months. And I'll just say this, like, she was really passionate about this. Jennifer, Jennifer is a sighted colleague, and uh, this is her. But we first, don't hold it against. No, her. we don't. Um, she she went after this. It was really cool, and we wound up building a relationship with the production company, and we're able to secure Kurt and Brenda Warner um, to they they filmed a segment for our uh, for our gala. Uh, we hired a a, a producer to to actually pre-produce this event. It was a little over an hour uh, who'd been nominated for an Oscar. So um, it, it just, it was, it was wonderfully done. The host of the event was a member of ours, Thomas Reed from Pennsylvania. And uh, 
I thought brought a lot of, a lot of humor, a lot of energy and a lot of passion to the, to the whole event. And, um, you know, we, we honored several different companies for their innovation in audio description in different areas. So companies like Charter Communications, uh, Apple, Netflix, and others. Um, it, was a, it was a wonderful night. We'd never done this before. Uh, it, it had to be virtual just given the state of affairs and holding live events for this year. It's, it's our hope that we're able to do an, an in-person event in New York City next year. We'll see how that goes with all the health protocols and stuff that seem to shift every couple months, it would appear. But, um, and we raised money. We raised money for this great organization as part of this. And, you know, moving forward, we want to do it even bigger and better in 2022. And Dan, speaking of 2022, um, it sounds like folks have a second audio description awards gala to look forward to, but what else from ACB do folks have to look forward to in 2022? I think really in 2022, I I call it, it's the year of the hybrid, you know? So I think one thing we have to look forward to is first a DC leadership conference, uh, March 11th through 15th in Washington, DC at a new uh, Hilton hotel in, uh, Alexandria, Virginia, where we'll uh, have a president's meeting, a DC, lead, uh, DC uh, legislative seminar, and we're going to be hybrid. So we're going to try to do this in person with the right safety protocols in, in place, but at the same time, make it available in the virtual environment as well. So we're learning how to do things as a, in a true hybrid environment with both people in person and participating virtually. We're also looking forward to our uh, 61st conference and convention in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, The in-person dates will be July 1st through the 8th. But again, it's going to be a hybrid environment. We're going to do virtual events uh, starting a couple of weeks before the convention, including a wonderful a summer auction and going uh, to a week or so after the convention. So it'll be an extended annual business meeting and conference and convention. And again, hopefully something for everybody. Uh, we're looking forward to the chance to get together for the first time in a couple of years and, and see each other and give each other a big hug. Uh, at the same time, we're mindful of the fact that many people are going to be uh, uncomfortable to travel uh, given the current situation. And we want to make sure that we have an opportunity for, for everyone. So I think those are two really exciting events that are coming up this year. And uh, on the last topic, I just have to give a big shout out that, you know, uh, the spoon household as a, a Christmas gift, we uh, subscribe to HBO max because they are offering audio description now and we've already got our reservations to see uh underdog on christmas day uh in the theater so it's kind of exciting to see uh you know us take advantage of the work we do in this organization that's outstanding (laughs) i love it i love it yes and swatha if folks want to learn more about these events coming up in 2022, or if they just want to follow the advocacy work of our organization, what are some of the ways that folks can do that? They can email us at 
advocacy at acb.org or um, follow us on our podcast, our Washington Connection um, newsletter, or just stay tuned to our website, acb.org. Um, you can also call me at 202-467-5081. And Eric, as long as we're sharing acb.org and what a great resource it is for uh, the news of the organization, the advocacy work that's being done, uh, what are some of the other highlights of acb.org and what's available? Well, I would, I would say, you know, the community event listings are on there so you can take a look at what's what's coming up now you're not going to get the you know the zoom links there you need to subscribe to the email uh list but you can get a a full understanding of the the community events as well as uh we have a an event calendar that's up there now that shows what's going on what's taking place within the organization throughout the course of the year so um and as it is uh the season of giving, acb.org slash donate if you're interested in, in contributing to the American Council of the Blind. And certainly information there about becoming a member as well. So whether you're able to give uh, you know, your time and your talents to ACB as a, uh, an engaged and active member, we're always looking for folks to join us, uh, join us for community events, join us for uh, camaraderie and the family atmosphere of ACB, um, but also giving of support, like Eric just mentioned, whether that's supporting our Get Up and Get Moving campaign, supporting the work of the Audio Description Project, um, or any of the, uh, the other campaigns, even our 60th anniversary uh, giving drive, right, Eric? Yeah, that extends uh, through June of next year. So, and we've got uh, a corporate partner that we'll announce in January that's gonna that's gonna help to to do a match. So uh, you know, twenty twenty two is gonna start off with a bang. And I, Clark and Eric and Swath, I just want to remind everybody we're also gonna have a wonderful New Year's Eve celebration. So bring in the New Year with ACB on our community events channel and. We're going to uh, celebrate the New Year's and have a community-a-thon. It's an opportunity. If you really appreciate what the ACB community has brought to you this year, uh, to, to donate and celebrate, be there to ring in the New Year. It's a wonderful program. It's running from 3 in the afternoon to 3 in the morning, uh, Eastern Standard Time. So we're going all the way through celebrating New Year's on the West Coast. Those four poor folks in Hawaii are going to have to celebrate a couple hours early, but <laughs> we really, really uh, think it's exciting. It's going to be 12 hours of wonderful programming and a chance to really give back to the community. And I think, Dan, you're going to be there for an hour, right? Oh, I'm kicking it off at three o'clock yeah. and then I'm coming back at midnight, Eric. So oh my it's goodness. Twofer. Yeah. Wow. And I'll, I'll be there at five o'clock. Fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we certainly appreciate everyone who has joined us this year on the Advocacy Update podcast, as well as all of our members and affiliates and the broader community who is engaged with us in our advocacy efforts. Uh, President, ACB President Dan Spoon, thank you so much for your time here with us today. Thank you, Clark, and uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Thank happy you. And Eric, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, you know, 
slum it with us here on the advocacy <laughs> update. Come down yeah. from your high, high executive uh, oh, yeah, director's yes. perch. You know my perch, yes. yes. No, honestly, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. And again, thank you to everyone else for your advocacy efforts this year. When advocacy issues are important to our members in the community, we will bring them to you in 2022 here on the Advocacy Update podcast. Um, Swatha, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Clark. And? And keep advocating all... This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. ACBM wants to send along heartfelt greetings to all of its family throughout the ACB community. Having hosted two outstanding and invigorating ACB national conventions, they are committed to expanding opportunity for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. ACBM supports the James R. Olson Memorial Scholarship honoring one of its past members, and they continue to not let life during these challenging times slow down. ACBM invites all to their informative bi-monthly community conference calls, ranging on everything from sports and technology to gardening and loving life in the land of 10,000 lakes. They hold quarterly monthly membership meetings, monthly coffee gatherings, and monthly board meetings. To learn more about ACBM, visit their website at www acbminnesota.org or call 612-223-5543. ACBM, a supporter of the ACB Media Network.